From Beta Cell and JDRF, this is Lunch Break, the midday live streaming show about people living with type 1 diabetes. I'm your host, Craig Steubing. Uh, we have people watching on Beta Cell's Facebook page as well as JDRF's Twitch channel. We'll be taking questions from our viewers at the end, so just send them away in our chat and we'll, uh, we'll get to them. I'm here today with Brett Bassinger and Cameron Gelman, who are both have type 1 diabetes and are going to be on Stargirl. You guys excited? Yes, it's uh, a month in two days until it comes out. Is it weird that it's coming out like during this? Like, I'm sure you didn't imagine all of your press stuff would be from your bedroom. For sure. I mean, there had definitely been talks of a premiere and talks of like a New York press tour. And clearly none of that is happening. But that being said, I feel like there's like a positive aspect of it as well in that like people are stuck at home and they want new content they want new distractions and so I'm I'm almost happy that it's coming out during this time because I hope it can be that like light positivity for at least like one person going through this hard time give me the pitch what is Stargirl uh Stargirl is follows this girl named Courtney Whitmore who moves from Los Angeles to a small town in Nebraska she finds out that her stepfather used to be part of this superhero group and has kept it hidden. And with that, she ends up finding this cosmic staff that hasn't worked for anyone in years. And it works for her for some crazy reason. So she decides it's her destiny, her job to get that superhero group back and running and continue the legacy. And remind everyone when it's going to premiere. When can we watch it? Yeah, so I got you. So um, May 18th, 19th. Um, first on the D- uh, DC Universe, which is an awesome um, online uh, platform for comics and uh, old cartoons and our show. Um, and then the next day on the CW channel. And the next day it comes out free on the CW app. Boom. Breck, you, had, you were on our live show last September and you're talking about Stargirl and how you had actually been introduced to Cameron but never followed up on it and then you found out he was also going to be on the show with you yes so we have this mutual friend who he um had filmed a show with named Christina and while they were filming the show, Christina reached out to me and she was like, hey, one of my cast members is a diabetic. And it was right around the JDRF walk. And I get this random email, or not email, text, 21st century, this random text from this guy. He's like, hi, I'm Cameron. I'm a diabetic. Christina gave me your number. Are you going to the J? It was like this long, long email. And I, just, I wasn't able to go to the walk that year. And it kind of fell through. We never met. And I didn't really put it together, I think, until we got each other's number at, like, the first cast meetup or whatever. And I saw we had had, like, a past text history. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is that that kid who we met but didn't meet. And now we're filming a show together. That's so crazy. So crazy. You guys were both diagnosed when you were young. Breck, you were eight. Cameron, you were 13, right? Yeah. Uh, yes, I had just turned 13. Was it hard for you, Cameron, at first at that age? Yeah, extremely. Um, because it was like that, like you're, you've just become a teenager and like you're, I don't know if you're, I think I was still in middle school, but like end of middle school, transitioning to high school and 
it was just a hard time socially to like be myself and also deal with my, my diabetes, you know? And so I kind of did like the not greatest thing and like tucked it away and, and sort of pretended I didn't have it while I was with my friends. And then you're like missing doses and, you know, when you eat pizza and eat like chocolate and whatever. And uh, yeah, it was, it was really challenging to navigate because I was insecure about it and because people around me didn't understand it and made jokes about it. And it just, you know, it took me a while to understand that it was something to be proud of and just that it was what it was. Um, at first, it was very jarring. When did you come clean about it? Yeah, it doesn't seem like a thing you should have to come clean of. You know, yeah. it's not a bad thing. Pretty much right when I got diagnosed, you know, they tell you at the hospital and your, or your doctor tells you, you have to wear something, you know, your choice. Are you going to wear a little pendant or are you going to wear, you know, a bright red uh, thing on your wrist? But either way, like there's got to be a notification and you have to let, like, let your nurses know and all these different people. So I told my close group of guy friends pretty much right away. Um, and after that, like, it was just something I think everybody kind of forgot about because you couldn't see it on me. You know, the first thing my friend said to me was like, we don't get it. You're not fat. Like, you know, and then after that, it was just like, it was, you know, they forgot about it and they'd make jokes and, and, and it was kind of friendly and kind of uh, frustrating. Like when I would give myself an injection or, you know, um, or whatever, but generally speaking, they kind of just for, forgot about it because they couldn't see it on my body. Breck, do you remember being a kid, being eight, nine, ten, and having it and feeling different? I definitely remember having it. The funny thing is, I don't remember not having it. That's crazy. I don't either, actually. Really? That's funny to you. Yeah, even though I mean, even though it's uh, it was five years later than yours, like every day since has been such a a mission. You know, like I, I, I don't remember not injecting myself and not checking my sugar. Yeah, because you just like imagine like going and waking up and eating like oatmeal and your blood sugar not spiking and you not having to like test it and give it like that. That boggles my mind that any yeah. person lives that life. Or even or even getting up and your first thought not being like, I hope my sugar's great. Or like, oh, crap, it's not great. Let me give a shot. No, you're right, Cameron. Like you don't I don't I mean, I don't really remember either. I remember not having to give shots. Kind of, yeah. Because I, I know it, there was a point where I didn't, but it, it's it wasn't like a memory of me not doing something. Like I don't remember all the times I didn't go to Disneyland because there's not that memory there to not remember. Totally, it just feels like it's been forever. Yeah. But uh, I will say, I think over time it doesn't seem as bad. Like it just kind of becomes part of the routine, like brushing your teeth or yeah, putting on fresh socks. That's just, I literally can't imagine not doing it. So it, yeah. it really is. It's just part of my life for sure. Yeah. I imagine that being on a TV show, it's very stressful. Does that make it hard to manage type one? Oh, the hours we work are absolutely ridiculous. I, I don't know if I talked about this on the last podcast, but like Monday, we, we would start at 5 a.m. and we work traditionally like a... 12 to 14 hour day. Ooh. And then by the time, so we'd work 5 a.m. to 7 p.m. That was like our traditional Monday. And then by the time Friday came around, we we had what were called Frater days, where we would come in at 5 p.m. and we would leave at 7 a.m. And then Monday morning again, it was 5 a.m. So mm -hmm. like your body had no consistency. So of course that reflected in our numbers. Um, yep. Also like the, the crafty, while it was great and delicious, was not what... 
I'm used to eating. I know it's not what Cameron's used to eating because he's on a, I feel like he follows a more contained diet than I do. I'm a little crazy. Um, so it definitely took some transitioning for me for sure. What kind of foods were you getting? Like, I'm sure it wasn't, lo- you know, low carb, you know, sugar-free, gluten-free pancakes. That's the thing. We're both celiac as well. So oh. we bond in that aspect too. And the first pre- people I walked on the set, I'm like, I need to talk to the catering crafty people. I was like, hey, I'm celiac. We got to have gluten-free options. for." And I was like, Cameron's celiac as well. You got to take care of us. So they took care of us, but like on the, on the, gluten-free side and that's maybe not on the the diabetes side because they would bring in like gluten-free pulled pork sandwiches like delicious stuff but like stuff i wouldn't normally eat yeah cameron diabetes is a disease that loves routine yes waking up the same day eating the same amount of carbs doing the same amount of exercise at the same time even then even if you were a robot your blood sugars would be different every day, right? Like there's, Absolutely. So then when you're suddenly working in the middle of the night when your body's used to sleeping, what do you do? The first thing I feel like that I did was 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 talk about it with Breck, hmm. which was like such a, a blessing because all of a sudden you have someone there that's a sounding board that completely understands what you're feeling emotionally and the frustration. And for me, that brings my stress down, like feeling heard about something and also feeling like I have someone who has the knowledge to bounce ideas and suggestions off of, you know, is, is amazing. Um, I've never worked with another type one diabetic ever. Um, and especially not so closely. And so like to hear Breck suggest like maybe switching the way that I was giving my, my longer lasting insulin or to break it up in two, or that I might need to dose, you know, uh, 30 minutes out instead of 10 minutes out for the meal that I was going to have. Like all of those things were super helpful. Um, and then I was also just, I had an amazing team. I was working with an Ayurvedic practitioner the whole time I was there who was kind of suggesting like herbal remedies that would bring my sugars down. Um, you know, like when they'd go really high during the middle of the night, I was drinking cinnamon tea. That was huge for me. Um, you know, uh, I sometimes would step back to my trailer to do 10, 15 minutes of, of like intense cardio that always brought my sugar down. Um, but the reality was me being up that late and me eating meals at two or three or four in the morning, like it was never great. <laughs> you know, yeah. like I was always able to contain it, but it was, it was tough. I had to yeah. say, like, I learned so much from Cameron as well. Like the cinnamon, he has these cinnamon pills and I didn't know, but Cinnamon is like a natural way to make your body more sensitive to insulin. I had no idea, but you really can see the effects. And also like, like I said, Cameron does follow like a stricter diet than I ever did. I was always like, diabetes won't change anything. I'm going to eat cinnamon rolls every single day, which is fun and great. But being with Cameron, I realized like having a more well-balanced diet helps blood sugars so much. So like, yeah, just having that person to, like, bounce ideas off of. I, like, while I've been very involved with JDRF, I never had someone so, like, close to me that I could do that with. And it was such a life-changing experience for sure. Yeah, it's definitely one of those things where it doesn't stop you from doing anything. Like, you can be, uh, you can run a marathon. You can eat a whole tray of cinnamon buns. You can be a superhero. But our bodies are still bodies, right? Like they still follow the same rules as a normal body does. And a normal body wants eight hours of sleep, six glasses of water a day, vegetables, fruits. And when you do that, your body works better. And I think because 
we have to do so much work that our body's not doing, it just makes those swings more obvious. Like we see when we're out of sync. Yeah, we have we have proof that doing those things helps your body. Like we can visually see our Dexcom or tr- blood sugar trend. I feel yeah. like it probably does help everyone. They just don't have that visual representation. Yeah, no, I think everyone needs a diet buddy they work with that they can just go over in between, you know, in between meetings or in between takes and just be like, what's your blood sugar? What should I do? It's also like, it's super, um, it's super important to, to have someone reminding you that your system is unique because eight hours of sleep, fruits and vegetables and water, like those are going to benefit everybody. But we also all have like different ancestry and genealogy and like our bodies digest things differently. And like having someone to, to suggest uh, a different, like, you know, maybe work out at this time and your sugar won't spike or eat, you know, your honey chews at this time before the workout. And just those little things that like can completely change the game for you and make an unenjoyable experience like working out where you're, you know, doomed to go low every time. Or let's say you've been waking up for a week and you just keep having lows. Like to have someone be like, I, I don't know. And then say, oh my gosh, I just, I just graduated out of that. And here's what I changed. And more often than not, it was stuff that worked for me. And then the little things that you that you do do differently just kind of make you like your own beautiful, unique, you know, your own diabetics. Yeah, I think it's a that's a very good point. And I've experienced the same thing where it's it's not just being part of the community as a whole. Like I know you guys both are involved with JDRF and advocacy and fundraising, but having the personal connection, someone you can just talk to who understands it, I think makes a huge difference with being able to live healthy and live normally and not feel so weird. Craig, are you in Los Angeles? Yep. Okay, so you've been yeah. you've been quarantined. You guys both, right? Yep. Have you guys stayed in touch? We yes. do you know, social health. distancing yoga. So we just started this week uh, where we go and meet in a very open area, stay six feet apart, and just watch. Don't touch. Just do some yoga, help our blood sugars, talk, yeah. vent. What other things have you guys done to kind of pass the time and not, you know, because it's hard just sitting and snacking all day on your blood sugars, I've noticed. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think um, the park that Breck is talking about has just been my like saving grace. Um, I never took the time as a busy person ever to just go to the park. Um, As far as I'm concerned, like I didn't even know where they were in Los Angeles. And then I found one that's like very much not shut down except for like the recreational areas and the sun is always out and it's this huge area. And I, you know, you just, like Breck said, we've been taking yoga mats and you just, you know, play a Bluetooth speaker and listen to core power. And or random people will start joining in. Yeah. Like, yeah, really? be like 12 feet behind us starting doing yoga poses with us. It's amazing. It's fun to go to the, the park safely, of course, and see people like continuing to live their lives. Cause this thing has been such a, paralysis for our country and for the world and i think it has everyone feeling such a sense of fear that like they're not allowed to do anything and i've had a lot of friends and people on instagram ask like are you sure you should be outside or like isn't that sending the wrong message and i I think that you have to find the balance of you know taking care of your mental health and also adhering to social distancing and 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 the park has been that balance for me 
I know the first week I was quarantined, like, so I, I quarantined for a week before it was like mandatory. Um, and I did, I didn't work out cause I was used to going hiking every day and running. And normally I'm my in range on my Dexcom is between 70 and 80. I would say that's what it, it never goes below 60, but that's probably average. My, for that first week that I was quarantined and trying to abide by every little strict thing and just this, my blood sugar in range, I think got down to 27%. It was so bad because my blood sugars were just high. And it's like, at that point I was like, okay, Breck, for your health, you have to go on walks. You have to do these things. This is what helps you personally. And then, so I started, I, I started doing workouts indoors, trying to find different ways to just get my steps in because that genuinely helps me. And so that was definitely a transition I had to take during this, this time, but it's, it's back in range now. We're doing better. Yeah. I mean, do you guys feel nervous at all? I, I did for a while. Like there, I feel like there's good days and bad days where I feel more anxious about it, but I feel like being well-informed and taking the precautions, like wear the gloves, wear the mask, stay stay six feet apart but also like I live by myself so I have to go to the grocery store and get my own groceries like I have to do these things so I feel like if you do your best that's all you can do with it with anything but yeah same same for me I think um I definitely have days where or, or it depends on the environment like I had to go to Home Depot a couple of days ago and it, it was, you know, there's like, there was a massive line and people were spaced out and seeing everyone in, in gloves and a mask, it just does feel a little like Mad Maxi, you know, but, <laughs> um, but I feel really safe, like at the park that I go to and it's one of so few environments that I'm spending time in. I see the same people every single day um, and everyone seems to understand the privilege of going there. And like no one's, you know, abusing it. And that's been really cool because I did hear so many stories about people like filling beaches and partying still. And like the park is definitely not empty, but it's very coupled off into little families or a couple or, you know, people like doing group workouts like we did where there are 10 of them in a huge circle with a speaker in the middle. Um, and so I, I'm trying to navigate that anxiety as calmly as possible and know that it's normal but also know that like there isn't an airborne like zombie virus. It's really severe what we're going through, but it's not that. Um, even though some people do think that being out in the air at all will, will give you the virus. But that's you know? like, it just, I feel like it's person to person. And as long as you stay as well informed as you can, and then take the precautions that you, you feel are respectful to others and yourself. You both have CELAC. Cameron, you have, uh, you know, Breck has called you out for having a much more strict diet than her. Has it been hard finding the foods you want, eating healthy, keeping your routine? The celiacs came right after the, the, the type one, um, whereas I know for Breck, it was really very recent. And so like, it was just part of the transition of having type one for me. Um, and I definitely, there have been times where I've felt super limited, uh, just like as someone who is athletic and like is always kind of trying to push my body to see how much I can grow it or, or, or whatever, how good I can feel. Um, it has been hard to find exciting foods to eat. Like you do run out if it's all like meat and veggies and fruit. Um, but I love cookbooks and I seek those out a lot and just, you know, 
go to make dinner, flip to a random page and go, oh, that would be, that's, that's challenging. That'd be interesting. And then I met Breck, who was like, just the queen of cooking and, and, and baking and was like, I've had this a couple months and I have made these 40 things. And I was like, I've made zero of those. Um, and so she was an amazing influence for me of being like, you should push yourself more to like have treats and enjoy yourself. And that's <laughs> awesome. I'm always about enjoying myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm noticing a trend here with, with Cameron being very strict and Brett kind of pushing those boundaries a little bit. But then, but that's what I feel like we're the perfect pair because sometimes I like hear, I hear him and I'm like, okay, Breck, you like, I feel like I have found so much more of a middle ground being around him. I truly, truly same, feel that Same way. for me. Same for me. That's awesome. And Breck, you actually started a Instagram account. <laughs> Um, am I allowed to out you for having this? Please do. I use that Instagram more than my normal Instagram. What's the handle? At glutenfree foodie. Foodie spelt with a Y because foodie spelt with an IE was already taken. Yeah, and I, I follow you. You, um, you, yeah, you show yourself cooking all these awesome gluten-free recipes. So being diagnosed with that was, I, this sounds weird but was so much harder than the diabetes diagnosis. I think it came with age just because I had 20 years of like this, what I was allowed to do and then having that. So I, I, I told Jennifer, like I commend her for being diagnosed at such a late age. Like I can't imagine that. And she always said, I can't imagine being diagnosed at eight. So I feel like, I don't know, apples and oranges, whatever side, but uh, I, so I, once again, I got on the side of like, I'm not changing anything. I'm going to do everything in my power to, yeah, I've heard that too. I mean, my aunt, uh, my aunt Laura, she was diagnosed with type one just last year when she was six years old. And six months later, she got, she became, well, we don't know if she's celiac, we know she's gluten intolerant. And she's mentioned like, that's much harder because it's much more limiting. With diabetes, you, we have the tools, you can take insulin, you know, you can go for a run, you can do that. With uh, gluten, you can't just like take a pill and then eat pancakes. There is, there is an amazing, um, like there's, the, there's, there's something called gluten guardian that I, uh, but if now, you're celiac, it does not work. If you're celiac, it, it, it just gives you a shot not to have the same reaction is all that I've found. Like the severity of, cause I, I think it breaks down the, you know, the gluten so that it's at least a little bit more. I guess, tolerable. Maybe so your I've, symptoms aren't as bad, but you're still getting the... Yes. Oh, you still, yeah. You still have it in your system. You still have to move it through your digestive tract, unfortunately. But like, like you just, you were saying there isn't a pill, like there barely is. But I wish that there was a magic, like, you know, you could take it before a meal and eat whatever you want. Because you're right, it is in someone else's hands. Diabetes is like, yes, your stress might affect it, but you can deep breathe or, you know, or your sugar goes high and you go on a jog or whatever, and it's in our control mostly. But celiacs is like, yeah, trusting anyone that serves you anywhere to like clean everything and wear different gloves and really take cross-contamination seriously. And a lot of people, especially in Los Angeles, uh, think it's like a fashion trend. Well, it is and so, for a lot of people. Yeah, and so when you, which is a, which is totally respectable, but for a celiac to go into a restaurant and say that you're like gluten free or that you need it because of the allergy, it doesn't always carry weight. And then they bring you something that you clearly isn't gluten free or that you know there's bread right on top of your salad. You're like, why? I can't. I can't have that. that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They really don't understand. I guess that's a really interesting point. I mean, one of the the nice things about 
diabetes is that, you know, on one hand, it sucks because it's all on us. Like we have to be the ones making the decision. But on the other hand, it's very empowering because we have the power to manage it well. Like it's not up to someone else. You don't have to go to a doctor and say, please adjust my medication. You know, you can decide I need more, you know, insulin now. I need less insulin now. I need to go for a run. It's so funny. That just reminded me of when I was in middle school. I was I was in a public school system. And while I loved my school and it was great, they gave little to no freedom to diabetics. And at that point, I had had diabetes for six years. So I felt very confident. I probably knew more about it than the nurse who didn't have diabetes, but they were so limiting. Like I wasn't allowed to take my medication outside of the nurse's office. If my blood sugar was low, they would not let me leave the office until it was back over a hundred. And I remember going to high school and I did have to get like a doctor's approval note, but they let me just take my medicine on my own. Like I could just go to the bathroom and do it. And it felt so freeing and so empowering and liberating. And I just remember that made me think of that. So. Yeah. When I was in high school, uh, I had to keep all of my diabetes supplies in the nurse's office, you know, my meter, my insulin, you know, everything. I couldn't carry that with me, which is really weird now because I it's I'm always have it on me now. It never leaves my sight. You know, now I check my blood sugar on my watch like every five minutes. And then I I would only checking it once a day in the middle of the day unless I felt low. But I would have to tell the nurse what my blood sugar was and they would log it. And so eventually I realized that if I was still in range, but a little high or a little low. Like I knew I could give my, myself more insulin. If I'm 180, I just give myself an extra unit uh, before lunch and I go and I'm fine. But they, they would make me like stay and wait until my blood sugar was back in range. And so I started lying because I said, I know how to manage this disease. I don't need to sit here. And it's like wait lunch is our one social time. Do not take it away from us. I, no. remember, I remember bawling one day because my blood sugar was low. She's like, I'm sorry, you can't go to lunch today. You have to sit in here with me. I'm like, let me go be with my friends. I'm fine. Yeah. It looks like a girl who's 11 years old named Lucy was just diagnosed today. Um, hi, Lucy. If you're watching this, hello. I'm, I'm sorry hi, for the diagnosis, but also congratulations on entering this wonderful, beautiful family. So, hello. Nothing to be scared about. We're all normal. We don't bite. Most people won't even know. I have friends that I've been friends with for five years and they'll find out I'm a diabetic. They're like, what? How did I not know? I'm like, I'm really good at giving shots without you saying, I don't know. Yep. Yep. You learn to do it under the table while still making eye contact with a person. That was a trick that made me feel like James Bond. Um, <laughs> so basically you can become you know, James Bond. You're welcome. Yes, but with type 1 diabetes. And also like, you're, you, I think you're going to find that like, maybe it's Breck for you, or maybe there's someone that you, maybe you're, you're an athlete and you want to like identify yourself with a soccer player that has it, who's like in the league right now or, or whatever, like there's guarantee you someone out there who's like a couple steps ahead of you that has it and is doing well with it. And that would in a heartbeat be a resource for you if you reached out because everyone in this community is extremely empathetic and warm and knows what it's like to have been a couple steps behind. So, and I think like great. what you were saying at the beginning, Cameron, of like, at first it, it feels like something you want to hide that you should be ashamed of, that people yeah. are going to make fun of you. And I think that's all in our heads. Like I haven't had, I've never had someone make fun of type one, you know, because 
once they understand what it is, like people really don't care, I've noticed. If anything, they're very supportive. Have you found that to be true for you guys as adults or did you or do you think that that was also true when you were kids and were diagnosed? That people were cool about it and kind. People were cool, I think. Yeah. The people I told, like right. my friends that I told, they were fine. And I the people I didn't tell, I thought they wouldn't be cool with it, but I yeah. had no reason to believe that. And once people learned, they didn't care. So for me, um, when I was in middle school, uh, I don't really know, like, I, I don't remember telling a lot of people, but it was just sort of something that like people knew about. Um, and there was a, um, I forget the kind of doctor, but maybe it was just a GP came in to our school to have a big um, school-wide conference uh, about an assembly about um, sexual health. And everybody was right. It was supposed to write questions down and fold them in a card and hand them up and they get asked. And this kid, just to get a rise uh, out of me, um, uh, asked, asked the question, uh, uh, type 1 diabetes is an, is a, is an STD, right? Hmm. And the doctor read it aloud and everybody laughed and it was a whole thing. Um, and then that, the rest of that year, like we'd go on field trips and there were kids that like, not many of them, but there'd be kids that would be like, like, oh, you can't like sit next to me. Like, I don't want to get your type one diabetes. And it was, you know, not fun. I mean, I, I, I was already a confident person at the time, but it took a lot to then navigate through that and go, okay, do I fight this and try to educate you or do I just understand that this is more about you wanting to make the joke and less about that. And it did inspire me to get involved in my local chapter and start informing people because no one in my family and none of my close friends had any idea what it was, how to treat it. And so I did realize there was lack of information, but then there were also people who were just unkind for the sake of being unkind. And if anyone is navigating that, that's watching this or that like you're, everybody's got a thing and you know, those people probably had a thing that they were dealing with too. So that's probably why they were being so hard on you because yeah. they wanted to make themselves feel better for whatever they were insecure about. So that's about all the time uh, we have for today, guys. That's so um, fun. I, I could talk about diabetes fun. forever. Yeah, seriously, this was amazing. <laughs> Lunch Break is a production of Beta Cell and it's produced by me, Craig Steubing. Thanks everyone watching on Facebook and Twitch. We've done episodes all this week. You can find that at betacellpodcast.com on the Facebook page and on Twitch to watch all of the videos we've done this week. We might even keep doing this. So just keep following us and, you know, you'll get those updates. JDRF is the leading global organization funding type 1 diabetes research. They need your help to do the important work of improving the lives of people with type 1. You can get involved with your local chapter or donate at jdrf.org. Or if you're watching on Twitch, there's a button right there. Lastly, you guys, Breck and Cameron, I'm going to put you on the spot. If your characters had type 1 diabetes, what advice would they give people? Ooh, I like it. Different perspective. Breck, do you want to? <laughs> He's yeah. throwing you under the bus, Breck. Want to take that one, number one? Am I Courtney or Stargirl? You're Stargirl. What would Stargirl do? Stargirl would be like, <clears throat> me goes and grabs my staff. Um, have no fear. Star Girl is here with diabetes, killing it every time. I don't know, something along that. She'd be like very confident, like overly confident almost to a fault because that's just 
Stargirl because she's awesome. Have you seen yet? Have you experimented? Can the staff actually cure diabetes or is that not one of the... Wow. Wow. You know, I haven't experimented. <laughs> experimented. That would have been the first thing I did. Yeah. The cosmic staff. I mean, that would be cosmic for sure. I'll have to, you know, I'll have to talk to our showrunner, Jeff, see if we can, we can get that working. That's, that's such a set of questions. That's like crazy. Our man's angry. Yeah, our man is 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 angry. It's totally someone that drives off of impulsivity and rage. Um, that under obviously under that is just like a lot of hurt. Um, so I feel like you know because I have an hour of super strength, amongst other things. So it's like either for an hour I'd have like nothing like I wouldn't for like one hour a day no diabetes and that's when I'd be my strongest or that I would have an hour where like my body started regulating itself you know what I mean like my sugars were perfect and that was part of the super strength but I think his advice would be like unfortunately I think he'd be like get over it like life is really hard and like you know it's pretty much up to you like if you're gonna handle it or not and like he has, you know what I mean? Like, I think he's pretty harsh, but he's also a team player and would be like way like on the DL would be like, you can lean on me if you need to. I'd like to re- redo mine. I feel like Courtney would be like, we're all in this together. You, you were a team. We got this. Cause she's very like team spirit. And you would totally like call on, like on, on our like past strength and be like, remember when you did this and you didn't think you could overcome it, but you did. And now it matters more than ever because like you're a light in the world and you have to share it and you can't share it. Like you make a better star girl than me. What the heck? And honestly, that's, that's you as Breck. Like, but truly like just to, just to compliment you, Breck, like you share, like you would say that. And you've said that to me as Breck and you know, you are so Courtney and so star girl with that positivity and confidence and that belief that we can do things together. And uh, she held our set together and was an amazing number one. And um, it was, yeah, super, super exciting to see it and be a part of it. Yeah, it's so cool that you guys get to work, you know, on, yeah. you know when you're on set, awesome. you know, you're in the Justice Society of America, but then offset, you're like the Diabetic Society of America. Yeah. You guys, you guys are a real like team, both on and off the set. And that's really cool. Totally. Really lucky. Yeah. Well, thanks everyone for watching. Uh, thank you guys uh, for being here. Um, everyone stay safe and go wash your hands. You too, Craig. Thank you so thank much. Thank you.